Hello, and welcome to the Young Folk Knits podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Becky. And this is a very yarning podcast. Hello and welcome or welcome back to the Young Folk Knits podcast. How are you doing today, Becky? I'm doing really good. How about you, Case? I am good. I can't believe this is our second episode. The first one was really fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. And thank you all so much for all of the shares and comments and follows. We're really excited to have you all here with us. I actually just got done having dinner. And now- Oh, I had a frozen strawberry fruit bar, which is the dinner of champions. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> and now I'm having some hot tea in my What Would Dolly Do mug. That's what she would do. What about you? You always make delicious dinners. I had a curry. I made a, a Thai curry tonight. And so it was received well by two-thirds <laughs> of the household. <laughs> Well, that sounds good. We're on such different schedules. Both me and my husband work from home. So we always have our big meal at lunch and you are like normal people and have your big family meal at dinner. But it all gets done. It all gets, it all gets et. <laughs> so what have you been working on this week craft wise? Um, pretty much the same thing. Um, uh, knitting badge neckerchiefs, working on that rift. I'm trying to hold myself back from casting on another summer top, but I think I'll probably, my willpower will weaken in the next day or two. <laughs> what are you working on? I am actually still working on my Birds of a Feather shawl, which is a pattern by Andrea Mowry, and it has these really fun alternating panels of garter stitch and lace and you alternate between a fingering weight yarn and a lace weight either mohair or surrey i'm allergic to mohair so i'm using surrey <laughs> but it is really addictive and fun pattern you just want to get to that next panel so you it's work beautiful through it. it's beautiful i've seen your your progress on what you've got so far and it's a gorgeous yellow color it reminds me of the a canary. <laughs> I really like it. It is the lemon squeezy color from Little Fox Yarn Co. And it is like this citrusy yellow, but it almost has this tiny bit of green in it, like a, you know, lemon lime color, like a Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like it. I think it's really fun. It's out of my norm. And I don't know if it's the best color for my skin tone, but I really like it. So I'm going to wear it anyway. I think it's amazing. So do I think we have some questions to answer this week? We do. I think the first one we're going to start off with is from somebody um, who's called Dutch Yarn Lover. And the question that they submitted was, when you wash knits, do you have to block them every time or is just the first time enough? What would you say, Casey? You know, I think it depends on the knit. I do think with, this is what I do with sweaters. With sweaters, I always block them rather aggressively the first time that I do it, like with pins and everything after I give it a good soak. But after that, it has pretty much got 
the laces opened up. It's not gonna un. It's not gonna close up. It's not gonna unopen <laughs> once you wash it again. So I don't feel like I have to do that. I pretty much just lay it out afterwards. Is that what you do with sweaters? I do, especially I especially wool sweaters. I think they, I think they really benefit just from that initial block, and then after that, um, when I wash them, I think they just basically need to be reshaped. I don't usually put my things in the dryer, even if. It's a yarn that says it can be in the dryer. Um, even my store-bought sweaters, I don't, even if they say tumble dry low, I don't do that. I usually lay my sweaters out just because I, I love sweaters and I want them to last whatever I, either if I've made it or if I've purchased it ready-made. Um, so I just, with wool sweaters that I've already blocked, I will just lay them out and kind of gently reshape how it's going to be. I think different would be, at least in my opinion, would be lace. Sometimes you would want to reblock that just because you want it. It's like a lace shawl maybe, or uh, a lace, I don't know, something that has a very, maybe a lace edging at the bottom, maybe like a hem. You might want to pin out, especially if it has like points, maybe that would be something that you would, would want to pin out. But, you know, I don't think it's definitely necessary. And I never reblock hats or mittens or socks ever. Yeah, I find too that wool uh, has a really good memory and bounce back. But every time with a hand knit sweater, let's say every time you wash it and soak it um, and you're not putting it in the dryer, it's not ever getting smaller. So that's a good thing. It's usually getting bigger a little, just a little bit every time you do it, just slightly, may not even notice it. But I do think even if you store your knits and they're completely dry, once you get them out, you know, you can see that line in it or some kind of crease. And if it's wet, that's going to be even more so. So I think it's always important to lay it out for sure. You don't necessarily have to pin it or anything, but I totally agree with you that pretty much everything does need to be laid out the way you want it to dry <laughs> because that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, for sure. With socks, after I, I block it the first time on a sock blocker, I don't even put them back on a sock blocker. I wash them and just, I might even hang it up to dry. That's one thing I, I don't ever re-block again. Yeah. And I know a lot of people don't even block socks. They will, I mean, they look pretty blocked. And sometimes mm -hmm. I think, sometimes you probably would need to if they're tight, maybe. Um, but most people just block them when they put them on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. So I would say block it the first time and then lay it out in the shape you want it to be afterwards. Yes. And that will extend the life of your sweater too. If it, you know, if you don't, aren't constantly pulling at it or putting it in the dryer that, you know, either of those things, you'll just have a sweater that looks nicer longer yes and we all want that for something that we have spent a lot of time and efforts making indeed okay another question is from lines knits and it says stitch markers functional or just for fun and eye catcher what do you think functional they are for fun too you can have some pretty ones but I, you do need something to mark a stitch. Now, it doesn't have to be something you've purchased. You don't, you know, you don't have to spend money on a stitch marker if you don't want to. You can make them out of bits of yarn. 
um, and tie, tie on, you know, and slip those, those can slip if they're, you know, tied into a circle. Um, but I don't, unless you have just the best memory ever, um, I think that you would need a stitch marker and especially cause some patterns will say knit until the marker. So even if you have a good memory and you're like, Oh, I'll know where that is. You won't know where that is. Cause there's exactly. no marker. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. So yes, stitch markers, I think are functional and necessary, but the pretty ones are not. I think that they're really fun though. I like them. I think that you know, sometimes the more involved you get in a craft, you kind of want to get all the little things that make it fun. And that's why I do like the pretty stitch markers. But sometimes if I can't find anything, I'll use a bread tie. <laughs> you know, slip your ring off, get a piece of yarn that from your ball that you're using. But yeah, that's I don't think you have to spend $30 to buy a really pretty set. No. But I think that's an awesome gift for a knitter because they're probably going to love to look at it. It's a wonderful gift for a knitter. And it's, it's very pretty. I like to coordinate. I have some stitch markers. I'm not, I don't have a crazy amount of curated <laughs> stitch markers, but I do like to coordinate um, beginning of round markers um, for my knits. So I'll like, Ooh, this one looks cute with this knit. And that's usually why I put my my special stitch markers, my beginning of round. And then I love those light bulb ones that open because oh, yeah. they open and close, which is, is super nice. Cause I have in times past knitted stitch markers into my knitting, <laughs> knitting and um, there was no removing it oh, without, no. <laughs> without getting jewelry cutters, you know, those little, and then cutting that out. So I like the removable one. That is tragic. <laughs> Yes, I, I definitely like the removable ones. And sometimes a pattern will say, you know, put a removable stitch marker in this stitch. Mm -hmm. And so those are, those are absolutely awesome to have. They're super cost effective. You can get a pack of like a hundred of them for $5. I love them. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say they are probably the most functional um, and budget friendly stitch markers that you can find are those light bulb ones. If you come to my house, you could probably find about 100 of them on the floor under the couch. Right. If anyone wants to come over and vacuum my house, they can keep any stitch marker that they find inside, inside the vacuum nice. and empty it. <laughs> There'll probably be enough for your next project. My kids are always bringing them to me, you know, like a prize that they have found. <laughs> so do we have another question you want to chat about? Yeah, um, one that was submitted from someone named Dark Blue Bad. They asked, any other craft you'd like to get into? <laughs> <laughs> Is the list endless? <laughs> I laugh at that because it's just, it's almost a problem. <laughs> That's an understatement for all right. of us crafters, I think. Right. I think crafters are people who are interested in things you know, like interested in processes of things interested in arts and then they also appreciate when they see other arts or other crafts and they they see this the skillmanship is that a word craftsmanship that's it <laughs> skill the skillmanship i like it you like skillmanship <laughs> we'll use it but you see what you can also i think people who craft also appreciate um the effort, the time, 
the attention that's put into something. You know, there's certain people that you like to give handmade things to because you know they appreciate everything that is involved in something that's handmade. So my point is that I think crafters not only love their own craft, but they are fascinated by other crafts. Yes. At the very least, appreciative of of them. You know, I feel like I have my whole life had a little bit of a problem of jumping from craft to craft. And I'm also, as you know well, Becky, I am really bad at jumping feet first into something that I like without giving it a lot of thought. (laughs) Absolutely no preparedness. I don't know what I'm doing. So I have tried a lot of different crafts over the years. And surprisingly, knitting has been one of the few that has stuck. (laughs) So I have cried through love. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But one that I haven't really gotten to try and I would love to is either metal smithing or silver smithing. I think that the people who make those gorgeous rings with the big, beautiful stones, I think it's so fascinating to watch. I think it's so beautiful. I would love to be able to make my own rings and necklace pendants and jewelry. Um, I do do beadwork sometimes, but I just, I've never, ever had the tools or the time or even a location to learn how to do it. But I would love to try out metal smithing. I think that would be really cool. That would be very cool. I didn't even think of that. That's amazing. That would be really, really cool. What about you? I think for me, the first thing that pops into my head when I hear that is I would like to try watercolor painting but you know actually I've done watercolor painting but actually try to become skilled and try to learn techniques and and um I think watercolor would be super cool I have some paints I just need to need to work on it and I think something that I don't have any of the supplies for but I would love to do is needle felting but but like uh portraits almost or landscape designs not not necessarily like little animals but that which would that would be super cool too I would like to do little animals for the imaginary dollhouse put them in there (laughs) (laughs) but I saw on Etsy there was a couple kits that I almost I almost put I put it in my car I didn't you know check out but I almost did and I might still but there's these little kits that you can make that have border collies that are looking out into a field of sheep in the distance. Oh, wow. And then it's needle felted and it's supposed to be everything. It's supposed to be beginner friendly. We'll see. But um, I think I would like to do that. I think I'd like to do some, you know, needle felted pictures. I guess that's the best way to describe it. That is very cool. I haven't seen that before. I would probably slowly stab my fingers. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there would be some injuries. There's definitely some blood and sweat that would go into that. Right. But, you know, I've spent hours with a glue gun, so I think I'm ready. I'm ready for the other. You're prepared. (laughs) You know, I was recently watching a podcast, which I think you put me on to, and it's called Stitches and Spines. And Katie is the the host of that podcast. And she shows her crosspoint. Oh, no, what's it, what's it called? I'm sorry. I'm getting too cross 
cross stitch and needle point. I'm I just combine those into the same Ooh, thing. We okay. can make a new craft. <laughs> cross point. Cross it's point. like a tennis match. <laughs> um, so cross stitching, I have done that before, but just, you know, a little bit. I didn't get really into it, but I just downloaded a pattern of a chicken and it's really small. The pattern itself is only maybe two inches by three inches. It's an oval shaped. And so I don't feel like it would be a huge commitment. I'm so committed time-wise right now to knitting and spinning. And I even have a crochet project going. I have a sewing project that I am working on and I just don't have much time to devote to it. So I think this little sample piece almost would be really fun and really cute to just hang in a little embroidery hoop in my bedroom. So I think I'm going to try that. And you only have to buy like three colors of embroidery floss. I will bring over my embroidery floss. I have got, I inherited so much embroidery floss from my mother-in-law. I've got every color you need. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a date. <laughs> it's right. We're, it's going to be super wild times. Let's make chickens. <laughs> I also saw this one pattern on Etsy that was a cross stitch pattern and it was a, um, a, a cabin, but it had quilt squares on the outside of the cabin and it had a little skunks in the front yard. It just looked so cute. I may have to make that at some point as well. Sounds adorable. <laughs> but it has to be small projects or else I just don't have the bandwidth to add another craft. But I think in the summertime, sometimes it's okay to let your knitting slow down a little bit if you're outside and you're hot and you don't want to have a big project and you don't want to work on summer knits at the moment. I think it's nice to have options, um, cross-stitching or something else that doesn't involve heat-producing materials. Yeah, and I think it's also nice to have a little palette cleanser of a different type of project. Because I feel like that makes me more excited to to start another knitting project. If I'm just only knitting all the time, I think that having something a little different kind of switches things up, makes it makes life spicy. <laughs> if you can use that word when it comes to, to knitting and cross spicy knitting. <laughs> so you know what? You actually finished your projects. Me, on the other hand, I have I don't know how many projects that they sort of get 75% done and I'll have four of them and one of them gets finished. <laughs> I start a new one. The others fall by the wayside. That's okay. It's, you know what? It's a hobby. It is. You do you. Uh-huh. It's for fun. We don't beat ourselves up if we don't finish a video game or a puzzle or any other kind of hobby, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I don't think you should get all worked up. You don't finish yeah. something. I'm actually on the frog it or finish it train right now. I've been going through all my project bags and I think I'm going to pull out a lot of projects. And um, you know what? It's okay because it's not like it's wasted. I'll just reuse the yarn for something else. And then all that space and mental space as well will be freed up and ready for something different. And that's the beautiful thing about knitting. I can't think, I mean, I'm sure there are, but I can't think of another type of craft or hobby that you can just 
undo it and you have all the materials back again and they're not gone away, which I do like to sew, but sometimes, you know, once you cut it, that's it. <laughs> exactly. You're committed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. Knitting is the best and crochet. I love them both. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that, that might be a little, uh, inflammatory. That's a, that's a little much. That knitting is the best. I guess that's all we have time for today. So thank you so much for submitting your questions that we've been able to use. I'm working right now on setting up a website that I'm going to link and you'll have a place to submit questions. But in the meantime, please feel free to comment questions on either Becky or my Instagram and on YouTube as well. And we'll make sure and get to those questions on the podcast. Well, until we chat again, happy knitting, y'all. Happy knitting.